What's up, everyone in podcast land here on Spotify? And I think I'm on Apple Podcasts as well, as well as Anchor and got the video version on YouTube. But it's the just the audio version is what um, I'm focusing on. Again, this is just a new podcast, a different subject uh, I'm touching on. It's about the mind, how our mind works, how it can work for uh, a better life, or it can work against us to have a not-so-well life, if you know what I'm talking about. Again, uh, I'll say it a gazillion times if I keep doing this podcast. I am not a licensed um, counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, if you will. I am not a doctor of medicine. I never went to university, went to uh, receive any degrees in higher education. I'm just a high school graduate. I did not do well academically. I was in the shadows because my older brothers and sisters were way older than I was and they were uh, how should I say it they were stronger I guess because they're brought up by my parents when my parents were struggling both my parents uh, came from the Philippines immigrants and they knew hard labor they knew hard work. They worked in the plantations and the sugar plantations as well as my mom did the cannery, the pineapple cannery, for a lot of years. Just trying to earn money to survive. They never took luxurious trips of any kind. Looking back, they were working hard to have a roof over their a roof over their heads and our heads, food on the table, medical coverage, health insurance, you know. Those were the things that mattered to them. And for me, You know, I, I was like the young I'm the I'm I am the youngest. You know, I'm I'm almost sixty years old now, but my closest sibling is my sister Joyce. She's nine years ahead of me. And she was the valedict valedictorian. She was the valedictorian in high school. We all went to the same high school here on Maui. Um 
and my sister above her, Esther, is just a wizard with numbers. She's an accountant. So growing up, and I had and I had four brothers as well. Um, my brother Elton, who just passed away last, he passed away last summer. He was also into accounting, and he was a damn good baseball player. You know, he's way older than me, but I saw his trophies from little league and high school and whatnot. And everybody who was older in this town in Lahaina knew who he was. What a great baseball player he was a great athlete played shortstop and a pitcher and if you know baseball those two positions you you can't be uh too left-footed or you can't have two left feet in other words you got to be really um quick on your feet and well coordinated ambidextrous if if you will and my brother calvin good golfer pretty good tennis player he was he was a pretty decent athlete too and my my brother harold who isn't here with us anymore also he passed away he was a black belt in karate or some people say karate he was a trained chef very successful in his own right and uh our oldest my brother ed he's still alive he was a damn good bit tennis player too so all my brothers were fairly good athletes. But when it came to me, I wasn't that good. Um, I was not that good. And how I felt growing up was, as far as sports were concerned, you know, all the old timers would look at me and go, how come you're not good like your brothers? You know, how come you're not a good athlete like your, your brothers? What happened to you? That kind of left, uh, it was kind of hurtful in a way, you know. You know, I was like nine years old playing Little League, and you're only nine years old, and the coaches back then, you know, they, they were hardcore even to like a nine-year-old, you know. How come you're not like your brother Elton? Uh, I stuck it out though. Stuck it out. When it came to academics, I was always compared to my sister Joyce. As well as my sister Esther because they were like the closest in age to me. Nine and like 11 years difference. How come I wasn't smart like them? So growing up, I, I did feel different, you know. I'm just trying to share my mental anguish with all of you. Or my mental disorders, whatever you want to call it. So I had to find myself. What, what did I do well that was me, you know. So all my good friends knew that, um, I don't know, growing up, I, I became kind of like uh, the, the class clown. 
I remember writing skits and we'd play it out in like talent shows and whatnot. Make the teachers laugh. You know, make the, the student body laugh. Other parents laugh. But um, I think that was a way to hide, hide the pain that I had growing up. Not living up to my siblings. I remember this one time. I was 16 years old. And um, our roof... A roof was leaking. And somebody went up there and patched the leak. But the uh, the ceiling was still damaged. And this was way before internet. You know, this is back like in 80, 81, maybe. 81. So anyway, there's a, a hardware store in, in the shopping center. So I go down there and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the guy. I go, hey, man, you know, uh, I think I can fix our ceiling. You know, what what should I do? And, you know, he brought me to the drywall section. And he said, hey, you know, just, well, how big is the, the hole? And I go, well, it's like about maybe, I don't know, like two feet square, right? Not that big. But he goes, okay, well, you're going to have to cut it out and, you know, find the find the beams, and you know you're gonna have to like, screw the the new uh, drywall in there, and you get the tape, and you're showing me how you how you do it, and there's a little booklet that I got, no videos at the time, so I was following the instructions. Like, hey, I can do this, but then uh, he goes, well, you know, if you you just patch a little patch there, you're gonna have to possibly. Um, uh, texture the whole ceiling and i'm like what he's like yeah you might have to texture the, the whole ceiling because if you just do the patch even if you get white paint because the new white paint's going to be new there's going to be you can tell it's um it's uh you know it's going to be offset the color so i said like, what the hell i can do that right so i got the paint all that so I told my dad, hey, you know, I, I can fix this. Um, the guy at the hardware store said how to do it, and I, I think I can do it. So after school, you know, no, no problem. We still had a lot of room in the house. This was like the like the addition of to the house, which was like the living room, like our second living room. That's where I had my drum set and all that. You know, my friends, we used to, we used to gather in converse and listen to you know the records and stereo back in the day that's what we used to do right no videos no youtube no google no facebook nothing like that you know my dad was pretty cool you know he was older at the time and when i was growing up being a little kid you know he never showed up to any of my games except one because he was older at the time but i didn't really care it's like whatever you know but anyway, so I'm like 16 years old. I'm so I scraped the, all the texture off the ceiling, and he was watching me. And he said, "Hey, it looks like you got it down." I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm trying, you know." So he's all right. Good job, you know. Just you know, take your time, whatever, you know, do it right. Yeah, that right on, man. So you know, I felt good. Like I was I was doing something productive. And uh, 
So I did what the guy told me. You know, I, I cut out the old, all the rotting drywall in the ceiling. So I, I, I fabricated the new one, put it in, got the, got the screws, screwed it in. Hey, I got it patched. Now I gotta, now I gotta texture it, finish it. So I did what the guy said, and um, it looked good. But w w one thing about drywall, you, you gotta let things dry. You can't just kind of just put mud on there but what my, my biggest problem was at the time i i didn't let the first coat dry i, I kept trying to like like shape the, the 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 spots that weren't smooth you know i i didn't know that you you do one coat and you let that dry and you possibly sand it after it's dried and then you smooth it out that way i was i was just putting a lot of mud under and just trying to make it work and the tape and all that my dad was watching me you know he said oh you got it down i'm like yeah pops i got it you know so i let it dry but there's so much mud on there that was still wet so i think i don't know what the next day or or so i got the paint and my dad's like, oh, you're going to paint now. I go, yeah, man, you know, we've got to paint the whole ceiling. So I moved all the furniture, covered it, painted it, and it looked good. And he was like, oh, all right, yeah, you know, nice job. Yeah, now I got to let it dry. But uh, the spot that I patched was so, it was so dense with mud that it was actually still wet. And um, I don't know, I came home from work or came home from school and... He was pissed because it it came off. It it caved in or it, it came off the ceiling because the, the, the mud was heavy. And he was really pissed off that he thought I had it. And, you know, the first thing that happened was I came in the house and he just, just started putting me down, you know. He started putting me down, you know, calling me hopeless, can't do nothing right. How come you're not smart like Joyce? <laughs> you know, how come you're not like your brothers? And he called me hopeless. And that stung. That really hurt. That stung. So for those of you out there, you know, I know what, you know, some some things can happen in life and that sticks with you. I remember those words. Until today. You know, people say, you know, just forget about it. Yeah, I did. You know, he passed away already. But it's funny how the mind works. Because, you know, I tried to do something right. But, you know, nobody trained me. I just, you know, tried to do it. And I, I effed it up. I effed it up. And he was really pissed. And um, I think what happened was um, my brother Calvin had a friend that was a handyman. And... um I think his name was Patrick. Yeah, his name was Patrick. And uh, he came up and he goes, Hey, I'm Calvin's friend. I'll, I'll help you fix that. And, um, and I paid for it, you know. And he goes, Oh, I see what you tried to do. Yeah, you got to let the... You do one coat first with the mud and you let that dry. And one day you come back and touch it up and maybe three times, three days, let it dry. So he was really a compassionate guy, you know. He's coaching me and all that. And my dad was there, 
and just watching and just he he just had like a his 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 facial expression was just like he was still mad you know and i just looked at my dad i go hey, i'll pay for this dad no no worries you know this is calvin's friend um we're gonna fix it and he was just he was, just had this mean look on his face like he hated my guts man i was like oh fuck this shit right so um so pat he he fixed it and uh, and he didn't take any money from me i think he knew what was going on because he kind of felt my dad's presence, you know. And I was just a kid. And he goes, all right, this was easy. This was easy. So what, what he basically did was he he came like two, three days in a row, actually, to, just to let you know, to fix that, that, that patchwork so that the mud was dry, came back again and filled it in. You know, just a little bit at a time, whereas I just, like, one day just kind of put a lot of mud on there, try to shape all that, and the mud was wet. So I watched how he did it, and I learned, right? And uh, he did it, and then he said, well, now all you got to do is paint. And uh, so <laughs> I tried to uh, get, get the painting again, and, you know, my, my dad made some comments about, you know, can you do this right now? You know, just so hopeless, you know. Does that guy got to come back and fix your work? And um, I said, you know, fuck this shit, you know. I, I, fuck it. I just painted it. I called up my friend Lance and my friend Alex and Dwight. And I don't know, man. We just bought some cocaine and some beer. And I just got fucked up. Came back like one in the morning. That's what happened. And... You know, so I painted the ceiling and it looked good. My mom was like, hey, it looks good. Your friend, you know, Calvin's friend patched it and you painted it. And my dad ne never said anything after that. He just kind of didn't say anything. Like, he was still disappointed in me or some shit. So he didn't talk to me for a while. And he just always looked at me like he was mad. So that's why I started to, like, do drugs in high school. Just to be numb. A lot of times, to be honest. You know, got in trouble still with my friend Lance and cutting school and, you know, Mr. Ariyoshi, the principal would call. And my dad would just look at me, shake his head, and my mom was like, yeah, just don't talk to him. He doesn't want to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. And uh, that's crazy times, though, but, um, you know, I, I love my dad, you know. I mean, he provided a house, you know, all that. But um, when, he, when he compared me to my sister, and he kind of called me stupid, you know, I had to find something to kind of kill the pain, kind of search. What was I good at, you know? So um, I spent a lot of time just stoned out and just trying to create things, you know. I'd draw pictures and just write. You know, I had a good English teacher, Mrs. Drew, and so my, my best class, you know, she she had this creative writing class. And she was a drama teacher, too. And uh, my friend Jackie, who's in New Zealand now, she's a, a trained actress, and she teaches acting. And it runs in the blood, you know, the Drews. And uh, Mrs. Drew, she was really cool to me, you know. Um, yeah, I was just trying to find 
find my way, you know. And um, but the, that that time I was trying to, I'm trying to tell you guys out there that I understand where there's certain things that gets injected in your mind, and it sticks with you. Maybe for life. Because for me, this is the truth. I'm going to be honest with you guys. No lie. Because I know some of you have, I'm going to say it, issues of the mind. And it's called mental illness, mental sickness, mental disorder. And it, it's, you know, it, it's different degrees of it. But whatever it is, it's um, you have something mental going on. And that's just the way it is. I'm gonna call it like it, like like it is. We all have mental mental problems, emotional anxiety, hurt, pain, loneliness, whatever it is. But for me, every time something doesn't work out, like a like a project I'm working on, and it fails, it's like a, he's 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 in my head, you know. When I was 16, his, his voice is in my head. Sometimes it just haunts me. It creeps up on me. And I can hear it. You failed. You're hopeless. I know that's not true, but I'm just saying, you know, how the mind, how the mind works. So I got to learn to, um, I talked about it with some people too, you know. And... So whatever you're going through in life, you know, you got to talk it out. Talk to somebody. You know, talk talk to someone who understands, you know, someone that understands what's happening. No problem. No big deal. We all need to talk and vent, right? Nothing wrong with that. So that's why I'm doing this this podcast about mental health. You know, so like over the past decade, I've been, I think, a good listener. I've been a good listener. That's what my friends tell me. They got problems and I just listen and they feel good. We need to be good listeners to our friends. If you're not a trained psychiatrist or a trained psychologist, you know, or you, you didn't experience what your friends experienced, just listen. Just listen. That's all they want you to do is just listen. They don't want you to stop them when, when they're in the middle of talking that's my advice to you when when your friends or family member wants to talk just be quiet you know bite your tongue and listen because what might seem trivial to you may not be so trivial to them you hear what I'm saying? So we need to learn to be good listeners because everybody's life is different and there's so much stress going on in this world now. 
that is just ridiculous. You know, people on social media, you know, just like eating each other up because you believe in something and that they don't. What's that cancel culture, whatever the hell it is, you know, you got people who are really sensitive. And, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, like, even with me, I got to watch what I say um, with certain subjects. I can't say certain things like I used to. And um, I can't say this word because it's a local Hawaiian word. <laughs> and I was with some friends the other day and I kind of tried to describe someone and I used this one word and everybody was like, whoa, Ron. Don't go there, man. <laughs> I'm like, what? But that's, we all said that before. He said, oh, man, where you been, bro? He's like, don't say that. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so Uncle Ron, brother Ron, almost 60 years old. I got to learn. I got to keep up with the times. Things are changing. And things will always change, folks. But I know some of you. Some of you are going through some tough times. And it's it's your version of tough times. Like I said, if, if you're you're going through some mental some mind problems, talk it out, get some help. And I'm I'm gonna say this one, you know. If you're thinking of uh, taking your own life, take a time out. Take a time out. And talk to someone. Talk to somebody about that. You know, go online. You know, there's a national suicide helpline. Go get help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. Especially if you're thinking about ending your life. Don't do it. I mean that as just as a person that knows how how it feels to be hurt or whatnot. I mean, you know, my my pain's probably nothing compared to yours. You know, say Ron, you're sixteen years old and your dad called you hopeless. Well, you know, toughen up, man. And you're right, right? But to me, it was something, you know. To some of you, it's like, ah, it ain't nothing, bro. But to me, it was, you know. So everybody's different, you know. And you got to respect that. You know. And if you go talk to somebody, talk to someone that you can trust. You know, you don't want to talk to someone that's going to laugh at you or, you know, belittle you, make fun of you. So that's why I say talk to if anything, if you got to talk to somebody the first time and you don't know who to talk to, get professional help. There's counselors in your, in your city, in your county. I mean, there's, there's programs, there's people you can talk to. You know, if you belong to a church, you belong to a temple, Buddhist or whatnot, there's people that... Usually in those places are trustworthy people most of the time. 
most of the time. I think a majority of people that go to churches and, and temples or whatnot, a majority of people are good. And yeah, you got the bad ones, you know, you got the bad Catholic priest that abuses young boys. We get that, we know that. But there's bad <laughs> there's bad people everywhere. You know, you got you get good people, bad people of all professions, man. You know, but you know, find someone that you feel good about and you, you trust. I keep mentioning the same thing and but that's all I got, you know. I'm not a trained counselor so all i can tell you is what you know i experienced that kind of still haunts me sometimes if i let it and i know there's a lot of you out there in fact i just talked to one of my friends it's a sister for of course she's a female right she's a sister and and she's going through some uh relationship problems with her husband and um it's like wow you know, and I just listen. Yeah, I just listen. I don't say nothing. I just go, yeah, you know, well, tell me whatever you want to tell me, you know. Instead of being like that tea kettle and you just explode. Or a tea kettle without the vent doesn't whistle. It just explodes. So people have all kinds of issues, financial issues. I got them. <laughs> I got them, man. You know, so if you got financial issues, man, you know, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people in the same boat you're in or the same bus, you know, whatever, whatever vehicle, whatever analogy you want to use or create. Same jet, same 747, whatever. Um, but we and sadness, we, we, we experience sadness lately. Um, I, I, I've been having a lot of. Friends that I know pass away. Just a few days ago, I just found out one of my friends, Jay, he passed away. He was in the ICU, and I still don't know what kind of illness he had. And it's really sad because every time I see Jay, Jay was like this cool brother, man. Like, I see him everywhere. He always had something inspirational to tell me, you know. He's like, hey, man, how come you're still doing what you're doing, man? God gave you this gift of doing whatever, and you should be doing it, you know? And I, I, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but here's a friend that's inspirational. Never once did Jay, you know, say anything bad about anyone. Every time I seen him, it was just, he was just so humble. Talked about his family. The last conversation I had with Jay was about, Three weeks ago to a month, maybe. Maybe a little longer, maybe, but not too long. And we were at a supermarket, and he was talking about motorbikes, and he lit, oh, sorry. <laughs> he lit up, man. He talking about, he's talking about motorbikes. And I remember, like, a few years ago, <clears throat> like, maybe six, seven years ago, maybe, he got a brand-new Harley Sportster. <clears throat> Like, I'm only five foot, I'm less than five foot five, and I think Jay's the same height as me. And I seen him, man, and he had this brand new Sportster, and I go, wow, man, Jay, I can ride that. You know, it's it's low to the ground, and I'm watching you, you know, you're flat-footed. When you're sitting on the bike, you're flat-footed. He goes, yeah, yeah, man, I love this bike, brand new. You know, I think it was like, I don't know, eight grand or something. And I sat on it. 
I go, yeah, I can ride this bike. I know how to ride a dirt. Uh, that wasn't a dirt bike. It's a Harley, a sportster. And speaking of dirt bikes, I used to try and ride dirt bikes, and I crashed. I, I crashed out in the cane field long, long time ago. And after that, I said, nah, that's not my thing, man. That 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 shit scares the shit out of me. But street bikes, a small one like that, I can ride that. You know, flat-footed at the stop sign, not struggling. But, you know, back to Jay, man. Jay had that bike and used to talk about it all the time. Every time we used to see him, man, how's your Harley, man? He's like, yeah, man, when are you going to get yours? Come on, save up, man. You got good credit? Go get one. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I don't know, man. But every time I see him, man, Jay was one of those brothers that every time, every time the conversation was just really good, it was humble. He, did, he didn't have like a bad bone in his body, man. It's one of those guys. So when he died, I was kind of sad, man. I was like, oh, man. You know, hey, God, man, how come you're taking all the good brothers, you know, all the good brothers and sisters you're taking and you're leaving all these, <laughs> all these crappy ones back on earth we got to deal with. Yeah, so, you know, we all deal with, deal with uh, all kinds of issues on this planet. Hate. You know, we work for a company, they don't treat us right. We get all stressed out. You know, another friend of mine, she has kids, and I seen her the other day where I work. I got a lot of lady friends, and we talking. It's, oh, man, my kids. My kids are sick. I got to go pick them up, and I got to pick up my neighbor's kids, too. And yeah, she's all wigged out, man, all stressed. And I go, hey, sister, man, you got to watch it because your blood pressure is going to go up. And she's, yeah, I know it's up already. I go, well, if you know it's up already, you got to. Do something about it. You're going to get a stroke. Yeah, I got it. I got it. But I'm li listen to me. Like, if you're stressing, like, if you guys are stressing out, you guys got to watch it because um, I know some people that high blood pressure, man, and they get a stroke. Not even funny. Not even funny. So, you know, so this podcast is just about sharing sharing things that get us down um things that happened in the past that haunts us still you know so you know a lot of you out there might have been abused emotionally or physically and if you haven't talked to anyone about it and it, it's hampering your life, talk to someone. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Okay, I'm going to tell you one thing I'm afraid of is heights. Seriously. And um, if I'm with friends and all of a sudden they want to go to someplace high, like they throw me a curveball. I thought we were going to go to McDonald's and have ice cream. No, we're going to go over here. We're going to someplace high. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the car. I remember one time we went up this tall building on the mainland. And um, <laughs> my friends are like, man, run. 
check out the sights, bro. Look at look at LA, man. You can see Hollywood. You can see blah blah blah. But it's all smoggy. That was my that was my excuse. It's 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 smoggy. Nah, it's not that smoggy. Come out here, man. So I go by the balcony. The 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 buildings they go by. I don't know what twenty stories high or some shit. And they look at me. They you're afraid of heights, aren't you? Yeah, I am. You got a problem with that, man? No, no, no. It's all good, man. And I'm just, you know, ah, I can't even look down. So about, I don't know, it's been like 20 years ago. I took my mom to Vegas. And I said, man, I got to conquer my fear of heights. So I went skydiving. <laughs> I went skydiving like an idiot, you know, the tandem jump. Because my friend uh, John and his wife at the time, Sherry, they did it. He says, oh, shit, if you guys do it, I can do it. But it's funny because um, they videotaped the shit. So the videotape guy, the videographer, he jumps out of the plane and he's backwards and he's filming. And the guy that's um, in the back of me, the tandem expert, because he's the guy that's going to pull the parachute. It's like me and him. <laughs> I didn't want to like get out of the plane. I was like holding on. I was like, ah. and he finally just, I don't know. He kicked my ass. He just kind of pushed me. <laughs> and I just, Gah! I know, screaming. And, you know, it's like 10,000 feet or whatever. And we landed. And the guy with the camera is already filming us. And he was laughing. And he goes, Ron, man. You're just screaming like a little girl, man. <laughs> I could hear you. And, and the guy was cracking up. And I go, yeah, but when um, the parachute opened, it was peaceful. But the guys were cracking up. And the, <clears throat> the tandem guy that, you know, I was attached to, he goes, man, you're holding, <laughs> you're holding on tight to the doors, the, you know, the, the edges of the, the doors or the opening. He goes, man, I had a hard time pushing you out. He said, man, we got to hit the landing spot, man. So he said, I just pushed you as hard as I could, man. You grabbed on so tight. That was funny. We, we had a good laugh. We, <clears throat> you know, got the van back to the, <clears throat> to the, to the hangar over there at Boulder, Nevada. <clears throat> and they're like, hey, you want to do it again? You can keep doing it. You can go by yourself. I'm like, nah, that was good enough. But still to this day, you know, going out of an airplane like that is different. But if I'm just standing on a balcony like 20 stories high, I'm, I still freak out. It's kind of strange. Yeah, there you go. That's my secret. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just sharing with you, man. So, you know, whatever you're afraid of or um, you're sad, you're mad, you got an anger problem. Whatever it is, you know, you want to get better. If you want to get better with whatever, you got to get help. You got to get a coach. A coach will help you get through it. And a coach would be like a, a counselor. All right. I was going to read some stuff from uh, Eckhart Tolle. I said the last in the last podcast, <clears throat> I was going to read some from his book, but... I was too busy talking about my pain. Sorry. <laughs> my stupid uh, pains growing up and my dad, call, you know, 
yeah, you know, I get it, man. My dad was old school. And so was all my coaches and teachers. A lot of them were old school. Man, they wouldn't last today. They would get sued. They would get fired. They would get the ass kicked. Right? But um, looking back, it was good. It, uh, my instructors, my elders were just old school. And they did it in a way that was supposed to be actually like, uh, you know, just a kick in the ass and get your shit together, boy. <clears throat> but I guess my generation's really soft. <laughs> But anyway, I'm 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 all right, man. I'm okay. I love my dad. You know, he's gone already, but yeah. What can you do? Just move on. So you know, for all of you out there, uh, this is Ron. And uh RSB at peace. Hopefully this podcast can grow and you know, we can all share whatever uh things we have on our mind so that we don't go crazy that's all it is be at peace peace of mind right so whatever you do to get peace of mind as long as you're not hurting anyone or hurting yourself keep doing it you know if you exercise you cook maybe anything to like clear your head keep doing it because it's a it's a daily thing sometimes you know to clear our heads because if we don't watch it, it comes back and haunts us. It's not good. All right, because uh, you know, I just don't want to see anybody get hurt or hurt themselves. So anyway, this is Ronson Brown here on RS. Be at peace. And I want you guys to be at peace. If you're watching this on YouTube, click the like and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify and uh, Anchor and Apple Podcasts, you guys have a nice Nice day.